Hey guys, Sherry Shaw here. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have a special guest. We have an agent from Angel City Talent, not just, she created it. They just celebrated 30 years in this business. Please give a warm welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you about everything. Mimi Meyer, watch this. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. The magic, the magic of Zoom life. The magic of Zoom life. It saved us. It really. It saved. We it took really masks. Saved. Yeah, masks and Zoom. Masks and Zoom. I'm, let's not even get into how much I believe in masks. I like spy on people outside my office and take pictures. And, you know, it's crazy. I've become crazy about it, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to mellow out about it. Right? Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've turned into the mask police when I'm in the store. I'll be like, I just bark at them, like, cover your nose. Cover your nose. <laughs> and people do, because I think they're afraid of me, and they should be at this point. You know what, Mimi? They're afraid of me, too. But we come <laughs> from a good place. We're just trying to save lives. Yeah. But on another note, thank you for coming. I want to hear all about you. In all my years of coaching and running my studio, we've never physically met and um, well, now we're not physically meeting either, but at least I'm seeing your face yeah. <laughs> and having a conversation. I want to hear all about how you got started. This is, if you see me on the street, this is me. You look not the same. No, I yes, know. I'll recognize you. I'll recognize you. Okay. Um, so talk to us how you created and you started Angel City, City Talent. It's been around 30 years. Congratulations. So exciting, incredible to sustain in this crazy business so many years. So how did you get started? And how did you get started? And then I want to talk about, for actors who are listening, what it is to be an agent, what the job is, and how you, like a day in the life. So tell us how you got started. Okay, well, how I got started was, um, it's a whole bunch of things converged, I think, all at once, because I graduated with a degree in film studies from UNLV. I was the first person to graduate with the, that degree from that university. Oh my God, that's incredible. Yeah, and I came here and I was not an actor. I was a, a you know, a creative and, um, which not that actors aren't creative, don't care, but you know what I mean, not an actor, didn't study the acting. Other side. The other side yes. of it. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I just, you know, what I wanted to do with that degree or, you know, go, what path I wanted to take. So I did a lot of different things. I did uh, copywriting. I worked at ad agencies. I, um, I was a nightclub booker um, and, and did PR and, uh, you know, public relations and for, you know, restaurants and clubs and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. um, and I worked on a boat. I lived on a boat. I worked on a boat. Wait, um, kind of, whoa, what kind of, like a cruise ship or just like a boat? No, no, a boat down here in Marina Del Rey. I lived on it and I worked on it and we would take, uh, we would, you know, take tours out and I, I dropped the anchor and I would bait the hook and I would oh clean the fish God. and I was the galley girl. I love so, it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, you know, it sounds quite romantic, but it was hard work and, of course, you know, so, yeah. but it was, you know, boat it was, to agent. from boating to agenting. <laughs> yes. And, and, and I was actually doing a lot of those same jobs while I lived on the boat. I had two phone lines and on the boat and I would be talking on the phone and fishing or whatever, or tying, you know, tying hooks. And um, so, you know, there was that. 
And um, I, I then got a job at a radio station at KKGO Radio, which is now the, now the country station. It was jazz at that time. I got a job there. And um, I was there for a year. And I, I hold the record still for the longest running person in that position at that station. Um, but it, it, my boss came in one day and he asked me to fire a bunch of men twice my age. I was like 26 years old oh. and these guys had all been, and it was all men and they were all literally twice my age and they'd all been at the station, you know, anywhere from 15 to 30 years. Yeah. And he didn't give me a reason. And I was like, wow okay so like men are openly crying in my office and i was like i don't know what to do i just here's my phone number i'll give you a good ref good re you know recommendation and blah, blah 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 and it was terrible it was a terrible awful terrible bad bad day and then he called me and he fired me and then of course the waterworks went even more and i was like oh man wow. now what do, I do? Wow. And, yeah and and uh, you know some friends of mine were actors um and and one of them said well, why don't you go work at my agent's office well i didn't have any idea what an agent did i didn't know what actors did you know i didn't know any of that right. and um so i went into jack scagnetti and i brought my resume and you know i'm 26 to just about 27 years old and you know like you know we're all, we're all kind of adorable at 26, 27. And he was like, well, I'm not really taking on any character actors. I'm like, I'm not a character actor. I'm here to be an agent. And so he, he gave me the job and it, it just, you know, it worked out all the things that I've done. And it, it's so interesting, as I say to actors, when you're creating the life of your character to find that life changing moment that parlays that character into something else. So that experience working on for that guy, making you do all that firing was a life changing moment that all the yeah. cards fell into place. But I'm, yeah. I divert, divert the conversation. Yeah. And, I, and I, I actually ran into him about three years ago and I've been wanting to thank him to the guy that, that fired you? That yeah. Fired? <gasps> yeah. And I had been wanting to thank him because of that change. And, you know, it was tough at first. And, you know, when you don't know why you're being fired, you know, if, if you're already suffering some, from some low uh, self-esteem, right. believe me, that's just like gasoline on the fire. Totally. And so I struggled through that for a while. And um, then I was like, you know what? If he had not fired me, I wouldn't be on this amazing path. So... Yep. So I, I t got to tell him that he didn't quite grasp what I was talking about because he was, you know. He doesn't really kind of, seem like the type that would. Yeah. But, yeah. But anyway, yeah. so so I worked for, for, uh, for Jack Scagnetti and then I got hired over by another agency and then I got hired over by another agency. And um, I, I, I have uh, anybody who's over 40 probably knows who Jack Scagnetti was. Right. And um he was a, he was really a wonderful person and very, very helpful and really let me learn on my own. And, you know, when I would, I didn't, fortunately, I didn't make like big, horrible mistakes, but when I would make the mistakes, he would show me a better way, you know, but he really was a great teacher in that he kept hands off a lot and let me figure it out. Wow. Um, and trusted to hire you. You didn't even have any experience. So there must've been something in your yeah. drive and your passion that made him feel connected 
Yeah. 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 So I, I, you know, I, I have a, I have a lot of respect for him and people want to make fun of him and stuff like that. But I'm like, you know what, you're, there's, there's so much you don't know about him. So, you know, hold off on that. Why um, make fun of him? I don't understand that. That's just well, because, because, well, first of all, he'd be like, hello, it's Jack Scagnetti. Uh-huh, That's what he okay. sounded like, you know, and it was, ah, he had this voice. And he was always like, you talk on the phone too much. And I'm like, I love to talk on the phone. The phone is the greatest thing in the world. And, you know, he didn't like to talk on the phone. So I was like, if you're going to be an agent, and at then at that time, it was all phone, phone or in person. Totally. So I was like, no, man, I was made for this. This is my, this is my dream. So Incredible. anyway, so a- after a couple of agencies, I had, I had actually ha- see, I didn't really have the kind of, you know, mailroom training that people get at William Morris or, or CAA or wherever, you know, the, where you're in the bowels of the building and you're crying in the, in the stairwells every day at lunch and, you know, drinking heavily at night. Um, you know, talk to any of those people. <laughs> Um, but I did learn enough about how not to run an agency that I reached a point where I was like, you know what, I know I can do better than this. And so my business partner at the time, I said, why don't you be my business partner and let's do this. Hmm. And we started and we were very, very fortunate. We had really good clients that had come along with us through, you know, through the different agencies. And and you just took a yeah. like you had a you had a calling for it. You liked the negotiating. You liked the talking on the phone. What was it? Is it all those things? That's just the the human contact and interaction and. It's all those things. It's yeah. all those things. It's, you know, I, I love di- especially like when a breakdown is written really well. And I can really like mine the, the specifics to find that, you know, the best mm. actor for that. You know, then it's really, really fun to be able to collaborate with the casting director and, and, you know, and sort of think outside of the box. And, and I am going to brag for a second because when I was, when I started doing this um, in 1986, wow. um, casting directors would say to me then, cause I, I, I was lucky. I got a lot of appointments and we had a lot of bookings, but they said, they would say repeatedly, and this was at that time, not now. This is, you know, the, the playing time. field is, we'll, we'll but at that, yeah. at that time, they would say to me all the time, you're the only agent that we're seeing that is submitting uh, people of color and, you know, asking if you could submit women for men's roles, men for women's roles, if, if it made sense. You're ahead of your time. You were thinking outside the box, which I believe is the only way to go. Yeah, well, I was thinking, who's great for this job? And you don't, you have to think past, you know, ethnicity and gender and all that. You have to think, who's going to do this really well? 100%. So, so I guess that's my big bragging point. Well, I think it's incredible, but I think that the bragging point also is the fact that you've sustained and had a successful agency for all this time. So you, all these obstacles happen, you created Angel City and it was, was it successful right away? Because a lot of people try to start agencies that are not in the bigger, you know, the more boutique agencies and they don't succeed. So what was it for you that made that click? It actually was successful right away within the first week, you know, we were working in another agency and we had clients on auditions and callbacks and, you know, we started with his blessing. So, you know, he knew we were taking the clients. There was no like sneaking out in the night with file cabinets. Everything was legit and above board, no secrets. But within the first hour, we booked a big fat national for a client of ours. And then, 
uh, which was, jumping, you know. Were you jumping in your office? Were you screaming? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was lots of high-fiving and yelling and screaming. Yes. It was great. And, um, and then right after that, a breakdown came out for Eminem's 50th anniversary. And they wanted to put together a choir. Well, I'm a musician, and I reached out to, oops, sorry. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, dog. That's all right. Um, I reached out to, and this was probably terribly unfair, but I, I reached out to the gospel choirs around the city. Mm-hmm. And I, in retrospect, I would do this differently, but at that time, I was like, okay, let's get every soloist from every gospel choir in this town and put all those voices together. And so we did, and we had like, 12 people um and we we called it the angel city choir you know we were like we gotta have a name so it was the angel city choir and they booked the job and two of those two of those people actually had agents so we didn't get the commissions but we got 10 commissions on the m&m's national oh my god that's incredible yeah so that was cool um the the and hearing them rehearse was just like it just gave you the feels all the way down to your toes and back. It was just really something. But they ended up shooting the commercial and all these beautiful voices and these beautiful faces just singing, no harmony, just singing in unison, happy birthday. And I was like, wow, you could have changed, changed the world with this, you know? Oh gosh. So. Incredible. But, but that was really, a, you know, so, so we started off on it. What kind of musician are you? A singer? You're a guitarist? You're a pianist? What are you? I'm a um, pianist, singer, harmonica player, harmonica teacher. Wow. Accordion. Accordion. Incredible. I just have to say that during COVID, I'm now taking piano lessons. And it is an incredible thing for relaxation to have your mind can't think of anything else when you're learning music. And it's so incredible. And it's a form of yoga for me because it just gets me out of any thought about anything. So I, and it's hard. So I respect, respect the fact that you're a musician. It's a totally different muscle. It is. It's different. Now, did you already play piano or are you just getting started? I never play piano and my mother is teaching me. My mother's 85 years old and I have her hands, which is a C to a C, and I've always rebelled. And my mother sang with the Boston Symphony and Leonard Bernstein, and she was, um, she has perfect pitch and she could do anything. So, wow. yeah, so I kind of rejected it for so many years, and now I have the time because I'm not going out to dinners. And you know what? Yeah. It's amazing. It's just been amazing. I always look at that silver lining for the different little things. Anyway, cool. That's cool. Back to you. Okay. okay. So um, let's just segue. Obviously, you love what you do, or you wouldn't still be doing it. Right. What is the most exciting part? Is it, so when, when you're an agent, let me just ask this. Are, did you, and people do it differently, when you first started, did you pick up the phone to meet casting directors, have lunches? Because isn't it all about the relationships? There's no yeah. way that you can move ahead without that, actors as well. Yes? Yeah. Yes, I did. I, I did pick up the phone and I did go to lunches and I did, you know, I had um, Angel City mugs made with our logo on it. And uh, I would take them with, you know, the business cards and, you know, 
I don't, you know, a little bag of coffee or tea or whatever and be like, here, here you go. And so they would have the Angel City mug with the logo and our phone number right on their desk. And it was a beautiful mug. And I don't, I, I have like one or two left and they're chipped and they're just, you know, and I debate, I'm like, should I make some more? Because those are the logo. You should, you should make more. People love little presents. People love that. Actors to agents, agents to casting. Oh, yes. Well, and I still, there are still casting directors that will tell me, they're like, you know, I still have your mug. That's amazing. And that's 30 years. That's amazing. So, that's ama it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. So do you so, feel like it is all about connection when you're picking up the phone, when you're submitting? So tell, tell people that are listening, a lot of people know, but so you get a breakdown, you make a phone call, you send in nowadays. Let's talk about how it changed, how you used to have a pickup of pictures, and now it's a click on the computer. How has it changed? Well, I think just the avenue in which we communicate has changed. I don't get to talk to my casting directors as much on the phone, but I'm with them on, you know, Gchat or iChat or chat messenger or whatever, or email or, you know, Zoom or FaceTime, whatever, you know. Um, and, you know, if, if I don't have a relationship with a casting director that one of my clients does, then that's an opportunity for me to say, hey, you know, and, and it's, I actually can't think of any off the top of my head that I don't have a relationship with because right. I've been doing this for so long that, you know, I kind of have talked to everybody at this point. Right. But, you know, some you have a better, you know, and a more, in, more intimate relationship with than others. Right. Um, but if I, if, if there's a casting actor that doesn't necessarily know me as well, but they know my actor, because I do ask my actors, I'm like, please give me a list of the cast directors you have and industry people that you have a relationship with so that I can call and say, hey, I represent your brother-in-law, you know, or whatever. Um, and, and that helps to, you know, that helps to open the door. So, um, but you know, yeah, relationship, you know, building trust is key. And the minute you, and, and that's key, we, we see it in our politics, we see it in our life. The minute you break trust, yeah. you are, you know, you're in trouble. You're, you're in trouble. trouble. So you have to. You started in the right way with all those other experiences you just told me about that you're creating trust in your life prior. So you do mm -hmm. have to, it is all about that. And actors with you that you probably sign. Yes, I agree. 1000%. But tell us like a day. So what happens in an agent's day in the life of getting that, the breakdown and explain what that is to everybody, please. Well, let's see. For about the first three months of the pandemic, the day, day in the agent's life was we wouldn't get out of bed until noon. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'm, talking about, I'm talking pre-COVID into now. Let's okay. yell and be so happy that production is back and coming back stronger and stronger and stronger. They're figuring it out. But yeah, let's talk about pre-COVID because I think I think actors just assume so many things. They don't they don't really know. And I want you to explain it, Mimi. Yeah. In a way. Okay. So the day in the life of an agent. Well, let's see. Okay step by step my dog wakes me up about seven o'clock so we flip, the, we flip the coffee on we open the door to go outside we come in and while the coffee's dripping i come in and i check emails to see if any i work out of my house which is very for and i have for many years so i was already very fortunate so i come in and i check my emails to see if any you know 
anything's going on, anything happened overnight. I mean, the last thing I do before I go to bed is check my emails, you know, check texts, whatever, check the breakdown, see if anything's popped up. And then I, you know, last thing at night, first thing in the morning, and then, you know, basically look at the breakdowns and see what's going on. See if any same day auditions have popped up, see if anything's on rush, whatever. Try I try and, you know, st get those breakdowns what? in as quickly. Now, when the hmm? breakdowns come out, do they come out uh, to some agents before others or does everybody get it at the same time? And during that time of that breakdown, how much time do you have to submit and what does that submitting process look like? You just know your roster so well, you just, you know, send pictures over. How does that work? Well, I know my roster pretty well and it's relatively small. We have about a hundred, maybe even fewer than that now. Um, theatrically, wow. so it's, uh, you know, it's quite manageable. Yes. Um, so, you know, but every once in a while, if like a specialty thing comes up, like must speak, you know, Southern rural Swahili, then I'm like, okay, what does that even mean? So then I'll have to do a search. But otherwise, I pretty much know a lot of the, you know, special skills. And, and that's, you know, often what got them in the door to begin with was like that, that somebody had this unique skill. So I'm not going to forget that after we take them on because of it. Right. Um, so what, how do you submit? Do you just put their name, their link? What, what, what happens? Well, uh, breakdowns, you, you basically just click the, you know, you click the button, you make sure that their demo reels and, and uh, you know, slate shots, demo reels, demo uh, clips are all attached. And if there's, um, you know, if they're looking for something specific, I'll, you know, like say it, they want to hire, they're looking, they're looking to cast a nurse, you know, I'll type in, actual practicing nurse, you know, registered nurse working at, you know, Cedars or something like that. We'll put in actual notes that, so that they know that this person is very familiar with that kind of motion, that kind of language, that kind of behavior of a nurse or whatever. So, I mean, that's kind of a random one, but nurses come up all the time. So if we have somebody that is a, a you know, a nurse or whatever, it's, it's oh, is that nurse a good actress? You don't well, know. they have to be a good actor. We don't take them on because they're a nurse. We take them on because they're, yeah, because they're a good actor. But, you know, that's also, that's great for casting because, a, like, we have a couple of broadcasters, but they're trained actors that are broadcasters. And there's a big difference. Like, if a show wants a broadcaster, like, some, like somebody from KTLA or somebody from CBS mm -hmm. Local or whatever, and they want an actual face of that channel, then that's what they're going to get. But if they're just, if they're going to have to direct that person, broadcasters often don't know how to take that, the mm -hmm. direction, mm -hmm. but actors do. So they can be a broadcaster to, that is able to take direction and make changes. So, you know, so oh, if so you have that. Diverse, huh? diverse in all the things that you can do. Don't you think it's important for actors to have other jobs? I think it's so important you can sustain and be financially independent and still be an actor and still go out for jobs and don't, yeah. you know, and have that, you know, that security. So there's that less feeling of that neediness, which gives you more confidence, which allows you to book the darn roles. Don't you agree? I totally agree. And um, if you're a creative person, which you, if you've chosen this business, you're a creative person. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have the opportunity to exercise your creativity as an actor, you still have to do something with that creative energy that you have. So 
take whatever that is, whether if you're stocking shelves, if you're an Instacart worker, if you're a pool cleaner, if you're a doctor, you know, nurse, doctor, nurse, any of that, Lawyer. love, love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you love what you're doing and you put that same emotion and energy into whatever you're doing right now, that vibe is going to translate into your, into all everything. Agreed. I am not a religious person, but I am a big believer in the power of intention and that positive energy. And if you're enjoying yourself, it radiates it. The energy just radiates and it radiates yeah. properly when you meet actors too. So now in zoom days, now COVID days, are you taking meetings with actors um, and even just re meeting your own clientele and just saying hello on zoom? What, what are you doing? You know, that's, I am meeting new actors on Zoom. Um, that's funny that you say that because I actually have not had, I've had a couple of FaceTimes with actors. I've had mostly phone or email exchanges or whatever, but I've, I've said, I'm like, hey, let's have a Zoom meeting. And then we just never get to it. Yeah. But it, it, it's so much more connecting than just being on the phone. But FaceTime is amazing too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fa FaceTime usually happens when my ear hits the FaceTime button when I'm on the phone. And then I'll like, oh my God, hi, how are you? <laughs> That's so funny. So what is it about actors that attracts you to wanting to represent them? Do you work with uh, brand new um, actors? Do they need to have a substantial resume? And if they don't have a substantial resume, what is it? What's that thing that attracts you to that person? Well, for the people with no, you know, with, with really no credits or that really need a lot of development and help. I mean, what, you know, first we look at the, the look, if they look just like somebody we already have on the roster, then I'm like, I don't even want to know, especially if that person's working. I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to conflict them. I'm not going to do that to the actor that's already on board that I've already invested in and that's invested in us. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but if they're, if I'm like, oh, you know what, we, we could really use this, uh, this Malaysian actor that speaks several languages. This is great. So, I'll, you know, I'll look at their resume and if their resume has some good, you know, some solid recognizable training, if you've trained with somebody in Malaysia, maybe a great teacher, but I don't know them. Yes. Or know of them. Look at the training. You do look at the training. Absolutely. Great. I'm so happy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I look at the, yeah, because what, have, what have you got? You've got training and special skills. Yes. So, um, so I, I look at training and special skills and if I see special skills, like additional, like multiple languages or multiple, you know, very high level of uh, athletic ability and in, in a variety of things or, um, you know, stunts or, mm -hmm you know, whatever, stuff like that, then, you know, then we'll take a closer look. And what I'll do is I'll send them materials to prepare a self-tape and to send to me. Mm -hmm. And that, then that way, that also shows me that they know how to self-tape, yes. which everybody needs to know how to do that. They so and, need to know. Yeah. And, um, but that's not a new thing. I, a thing popped up on my Facebook in this past May from four years ago. And I said, taping. Yes. yes. And I, I said, I said, Hey guys, it's not even noon yet. And we've already had 12 requests for self tape. And this is four years ago, almost four and a half years ago now. 
And I said, if you, if you don't know how to do this, you need to learn how to do it because this is the new normal. That's so funny, four years ago. Now this really is the normal normal. And we have classes that deal just in self-tapes, but the really the simple key element for self-taping is your framing, is your soundboard and your lights. And yep. if you don't have that, then somebody else who does is gonna be more intriguing in that opening moment. Yep, yep. And you, oh gosh, I hope everyone's in classes about it. And even, you know, being in classes now, when you are in your Zoom box, it's like you're, you're training yourself. You're training yourself for your own sound, how your voice resonates. So you think it might resonate one way and it resonates another way. How you're, how you're framing yourself too far, too close, how you can move and what your area is. Because you're going to have not only self-tapes, but you're going to have Zoom callbacks. And you're going to have Zoom auditions. So you better know how to work your box. Mm-hmm. So important. yeah, and, I, and I'm I'm not great I'm not great at the box yet. I I can do a few things, but I all my music lessons, my my harmonica, my voice, my you know all that stuff is all on um, Zoom now. Yeah, I it's oh. great. I mean, in my eyes are always it's straining because I don't wear glasses. I just wear magnifiers to see close up. Oh. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot. But you know what? We're malleable, right, Mimi? We have to be malleable. And let me just ask you this. So how has the business changed, not even pre-COVID, from years to up to 2019, before 2020? What is the difference? Is it um, less, less physical communication, less verbal communication? Is it the same? Is it harder to get actors into the room? Um, do you have to pitch harder? Do you have to work harder you know, to get the, your, your cream of the crop in there? What is it? I think you do have to pitch a little bit harder because there are, well, we'll see after this pandemic really comes to an end, we'll see what the numbers are, but it, it started to get crazy where so many people were moving to Los Angeles and calling themselves actors and, and then getting either getting, getting an agent or getting a manager and they weren't really prepared to be competitive, but they had a good look or they talked a good game or whatever. And so they would get representation and they would get auditions and take the spots of somebody who, uh, of, of actors who were much more qualified, mm -hmm. um, much better. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that actors that came here with no, you know, bag of tricks didn't, you know, find a way if they wanted to find a way to develop them. But a lot of people moved here thinking acting is easy. They really don't understand. They don't understand it's a craft. And and yes, I agree with you. A lot of people just come here and think because they want it, that it's just so easy. And some people do have that natural ability. I just worked with a, a, a famous rapper yesterday and he hasn't had any acting lessons and maybe because he writes and he performs in his music, he understands that transition, but he's, he was very natural about it. But most of the time you have to have that training. You have to be able to. You have to yeah, yeah, and I had a, a, a relatively well-known sports coach who I will not name. And he said, oh, you know, I'm, I, I do all this live stuff and here I am with Kobe and here I am with Shaq and here I am with so-and-so and he's showing me this stuff on his phone, you know, and these were yeah. not. And he goes, yeah, I, I'm sure I could be an actor. I, you know, why don't you just let me, you know, and I said, well, have you, you know, have you ever taken an acting class? Well, no, I don't really need it. And I said, well, how about this? How about I just go ahead and why don't you hire me as a coach? 
100%. And he was like, what? And I go, yeah, I mean, how hard is it? Yeah. And I mean, I kind of punched him in the face with it because I was like, you're insulting me and all my talent and all this effort that's been put in. Don't insult us. And yeah. I will not insult you likewise. But you know and why he thinks like, it's okay. easy? He thinks it's easy because actors at the end, after doing all the work, they make right. it look easy. And it should yeah. be easy at the end of the day. It's about layering it, which he doesn't understand. Right. I don't I, understand. No, and I try and explain it. I'm like, do you really want to watch those skaters from the time they're seven years old and getting up at four in the morning and falling on their ass for 20 years before they finally make it to the Olympics? Do you want to watch that? No, you see the final product and it's awesome. And you think that just happened. It didn't just happen. So. Great. So what attracts you to people is maybe their picture first to see if it's going to fit um, but, but what if, like, do people just submit emails to you with pictures randomly? Do they send it in the mail anymore? I mean, I usually when you submitted, you were having a pickup, right, of patent yeah. pictures. That's no longer. No. Yeah. No. Um, we have, I think it's, it should say on our website that we don't accept hard copy pictures. I want everything electronic. We've been electronic for a long time because I want to, you know, we got to save the planet. Please say and, yes. And um, I still get those pictures. Occasionally, I'll get a picture and resume, and I will return it to them because I, I'm exasperated. I'm like, I know you went to the website, and this is, yeah, this is making you stand out as a fool who doesn't care about the planet. So goodbye. Or following directions that you are asking for. Right. Yeah. And it's a simple request, and it will save them money and time and effort, you yep. know? So, um, yeah, so we, you know, we look at things, we, you know, we try to look at everything. We, I, I'm, it's just me right now. I don't have any help in the office, so I can't say that I'm um, able to look at everything right now, but I do look at a lot of stuff. I yeah. do. And everything that, you know, if somebody calls, um, you know, I'll tell them to send their stuff and I'll take a look. I'll tell them to send it straight to my email. Is it through recommendations, like actors that are out there because you're a boutique agency, so that you're more open probably than to others about more, um, you know, actors that are just starting. So can they just email you right now? Can they, is it only through recommendations from other managers or other actors? How does, it, how does that work for you? People can email right now. Um, but the people that are recommended either through our other clients or cast directors or managers or teachers or whatever are going to get preferential viewing because they've already got somebody vouching for them. Yes. Okay. What's no, the email? But, Say it. What's your email? Oh, it's angelcitytalent mm. at gmail.com. I know. Very clever. But hey, clear. <laughs> We got the name. We got the title. Can I ask yes. you something? I hope everyone wrote that down. AngelCityTalent at gmail.com. If you're looking, because I always tell people to be courteously aggressive. What if they sent the picture and it was a right fit? Hey, you never know. You never know that right now someone listening to this podcast is going to do it and is going to be your next client and you're both going to make a lot of money. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? 
you, you really don't know. Yeah. And I mean, there, there are people that we got out of the mail or the, you know, email or mail or however long, if it was long ago, it was out of the actual mail that have been with us for years and done very, very, very well. So you, you just don't know. Um, but you, yeah. I will say, do not mail, just email. Don't, don't, don't mail it anymore. But no mailing. mailing no mailing. No. Um, I want to talk about uh, an actor's resume. I want to mm -hmm. talk about what it should, what is more appeasing to you. Because you know what? Everyone has a different opinion about everything. If you have mm -hmm. a role, should you write co-star or featured? Or should you leave that blank and just write the director? Or just write the network? Do you want all the information in there? And do you feel like it should go television, film, and then stage, then commercials, then training? And, and then, you know, your special skills. Well, I'm trained, my eye is trained, as our casting records, your eye is trained to look for certain things in certain places. So there's a basic format. You've got your, let's see, do I have any hanging around here? I don't know if I have, I just cleared, cleaned off my desk, so I don't have anything sitting in front of me right now. But um, if, you, if you have a substantial amount of television and a substantial amount of film, then I'd say do, do television, do film, then do stage, then do your training, then do your special skills in that order. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. Make sure you have your stats on the, well, and I'm, I'm talking hard copy resume. If you, you know, uh, you know, if you're, if you ever go into an office again. Well, you will, um, you will, you will. I know. Here I know. Yes. So I'm, I'm saying that if you have a small amount of both film and television, mm -hmm. I say combine film and television category and put your most record, not necessarily your biggest, because you might have had a lead in a film in um, Bowling Green, Ohio, that nobody saw ever. Mm -hmm. So that really doesn't, it ha doesn't have any validity yet. So put your most recognizable credits at the top because that will key people to go, oh, you were on mom. Oh, okay, cool, let's look some more. You know, and so I say, say the name of the show, the level of the role in the, in the center ca category. So you do, you do say put co-star or featured or guest star or series regular. You want that in the middle. Well, yes, except featured, never say featured because featured to casting means background. Yes. So there's series regular, there's recurring, and there's recurring guest star or recurring co-star. Okay. There's co-star. Yes. And if you're, if you've got featured on a TV show, then that, then you were an extra. So don't put that. Don't okay. even put that credit. out there because people ask. So that's why I'm yeah. it out there. Yeah. I say, don't put it because your background. And if it's on a, if you were background on a show that, um, is still running, then and you have that on there, you're never going to get a shot at getting on that show because yeah. casting is going to go, well, you already did the show. Well, no, I was background. You couldn't see my face. Well, right. nope, too bad. Right. But what about people always get shot? I mean, not always, but you can get stuck in the co-star and you can have 50 co-star credits. Do you think it behooves the actor to keep writing co-star or if you left it blank, then it leaves a conversation? Do you think that's important? It's tricky as the business. I think, I think it's a case by case. Um, but I think 
you know, that's also um, a conversation with if, if, cause some, some things are labeled co-star because of budget, not because of the size of the role. Right. So I, and I've been telling actors this since the early nineties when, you know, that all shifted because the reason some, the rule on a guest star is if you get hired for a one day guest star and they say, we're going to call it a one day, call it a guest star. That's because they are absolutely 100% sure that you're only going to work one day so they can give you the guest star. But if they think that it's going to possibly roll into a second day, they can't do a two day guest star. It's either one day or all days. So they either have to go from, yeah, so they either have to go from 12, they either pay 1250 or they have to pay the, you know, whatever it is, 7500 whatever guest star top of the show is. And there's no wiggle room in between. And that's a union thing. That's not an, that's not a negotiable thing. So if they're like, well, it's going to have to be a three day. Uh, so we're going to have to do a co-star. I tell my actors, I say, put large in parentheses next to co-star and casting knows what that means. Okay, fine. I didn't know that. That's interesting to know because I, I do, I have coached so many people that have six pages and it's, and they're titling it as a co-star, which has nothing to do with the, the size. It is the budget. It's how much they want to pay. Yeah. But people do. It's, it's, more, it's not even what they want to pay. It's what they're able to pay. Right. You know? They're able to pay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're suggesting this film TV first TV before film. If you have a lot of TV and a lot of film, you don't think film should go first. Either I, way, think more, I think more people watch more TV. It's crazy. Things have changed so much. It is. Yeah, it, used, it used to be reverse. Netflix, Amazon is all movies, but it's really television. Right. Okay. So combine it. If there's, if there's not a lot of credits, combine it. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you're going to put, I'm sorry, what was it? Well, film, television, theater, if you theater. have theater. Okay, if theater. You don't, yeah, if you don't, don't make stuff up. And that's the other thing. Be 100% honest on your resume. Do not bullshit. Wow. It, it will come back nothing, to you. What if you have nothing on your resume and you just want to put a couple of, like, scenes that you did from class or, and then you... What? What do you do? It's, it's such well, a if you if you did a couple scenes from class, if you really did those, put them on there, you know. But that it, ha it has to be true, okay. you know. It has to be true because if it's not, and somebody says, "Oh, I see, you really don't have any credits, but you did this scene." What about when the actor says, "Blah blah blah"? Because a lot of casting directors were actors mm -hmm. or directors or writers, so they know. Don't have anything on your resume that you can't back up with a conversation. Yeah. I agree it will, it will bite you. It will bite you. And the, and the truth is this, nobody is born having a resume. Yeah. And every, everybody comes to this at different, from different paths and at different ages. Yeah. You know, but if you're good and you're professional and you're thoughtful and you're, you know, curious, yeah. and and respectful and all that these things will come i agree i just agree when actors really you know when they're passionate about it and they do the necessary steps and they have everything in order and they have their craft ready to go and they know who they are inside and out and they know how to have a conversation to connect to people it comes it comes yeah
Well, it and also levels, and it might take longer than other people, but it comes. It does come. And also, you know, that whole being honest thing brings you right back to that, you know, creating and developing trust. And if you are lying on your resume, then you might be lying about something else. What else? Okay. Agreed. How long do you think an actor should stay with you? If you, do you feel like actors will come to me and say, I haven't gone out in three months pre COVID, nothing goes right now, but I haven't gone out. I'm not feeling a connection. I said, well, don't complain to me have a conversation with your agent. See if you're on the same page. There's always yeah. movement to move and change. Don't stay at the party too long if, if, the, if you're not working for the client or the client's not you know, invigorating you to work for them. Right. It does need to be a conversation, um, but it also needs, like when we take somebody on, you know, we'll lay it out like, okay, we're gonna, we're, we'll go with the pictures you have right now, unless, you know, if somebody needs a whole new overhaul, it's like, oh dear Lord, I don't know. Yes. So when we take somebody on, we, we begin to submit them vigorously. You know, mm. we, we don't sit and wait. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll wait until we make sure that their, their pictures are all up, their profiles are filled in, their resumes filled in, all their stats and stuff are up, uh, you know, in full on the sites on LA Casting and Actors Access and Casting Frontier. And the minute that's all up and their demo reels are up and all that stuff, we're like, okay, it's go time. Yes. So we'll start submitting the daylights out of them. And if, and if we will come to them, if we're like, Hey, you know what? And again, pre COVID time, Hey, yep. we've submitted your picture uh, 150 times in a month uh, on actors access. And we haven't gotten one bite. We've submitted it 300 times on LA casting, not one single bite. So we have to go back to the pictures right now and figure out if there are some other pictures that we can try or if you need a new shoot or whatever. And in fact, if an actor comes to me and says, well, you know, I just went to this great photographer and I just spent $1,200. I'm like, yeah. if they don't work, they don't work. And I'm sorry you spent $1,200, but you can't just keep trying to put good money after bad if something doesn't work, you know? So, okay. And so they take your direction, they do that, and it's still not working. Will you, will you have that conversation as much as an actor has to have that conversation with you? Will you say, look, I am trying. It's yeah. not connecting. I think that you need to to yeah. make a okay. And how long do you usually give somebody? Six months, a year, three months? What is it? You know, it just depends. It just depends from one actor. I don't. I don't have a hard and fast rule on that at all. If I if I know we're trying, and yeah. I know that actor is trying, yes. and you know, and they're investing, and they're and this, you know. And, I, and, if, and, and first of all, we're not going to take them on unless we know that they're good. So we're not, we're not like, okay, yeah, we just found you at the, you know, at the local Walmart. Come on in. Let's do this. I mean, these are people that, you know, have proven to us that they yeah, have a skill Of course. That they have, the, yeah, they got the, the yeah. tool. Yeah. So we'll, you know, I think we'll, we'll give it as long as it takes. And I kind of, um, you know, it's never fun to let anybody go. It's just never fun. It's like, you know, it's breaking up. It's a breakup. And it's a breakup. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll give it everything we got. And then if something just doesn't work, you know, sometimes it's a couple of years, yeah. you know, but I don't, you know, I don't want to waste anybody's time. I don't want to waste my time, but at the same time, I want to respect the energy and effort and finance that somebody's put in, that, that we both put in. Beautiful. I, I agree. I know you have to leave. Um, before we close out, 
And I love talking to you. And I think any actor out there looking, you're such a cool vibe and just not like, you know, arrogant in any, any fashion. And I love that because gosh, it's just an artistic community. And just to have that communication and the looseness and, and to be able to vibe out with somebody and not feel any kind of arrogance or tension is a glorious thing. And I think that that is a great quality that I feel from you and I love that. Um, you are welcome. Can you give, as a closeout, three positive pieces of advice to actors out there just starting or continuing the flow and staying in hope, Something, some three positive pieces to imbue upon them before we close out? Let's see. I've got one off the top of my head right now, and I, I said it earlier, I think, or I sort of said it, but find a way to love whatever it is you're doing. Find a way to love that. Mm -hmm. If it's making your coffee, mm -hmm. if it's driving to the grocery store, if it's paying a parking ticket, <laughs> find a way to love it because it's an energy. You're giving yourself a gift when you do that. Find a way. And you'll also find, um, you know, I guess I sort of equate it to like the Zen of picking up dog poop where it, picking it up is its own reward, which sounds really kind of crazy, but I learned this big lesson in the dog park one day. Um, That's so funny, but I understand the philosophy, the, uh, the yeah, visual of that. Yeah. yeah. So find, find a way. And, and Jerry Seinfeld said something, he said it much better than I did in the um, Carl Reiner uh, documentary. He, he said something like that again much more beautifully but really love what you're doing find a way to love everything you're doing even the things that seemed like drudgery find a way to love them because that will translate to giving you more joy get, making you much more fun to be around and you'll sleep better you'll look better you'll just be it's just it's just a better way to go so there's that um and then you know and this is kind of you know cliche but do what you love and love what you do, which is the same sort of thing. And um, I guess remember to manage your expectations mm. because we, you know, I've told, I've told my clients, I'm like, okay, you need to send, you know, send out postcards to on your, about your booking, send out postcards. Well, you know, one client said to me, well, I sent out postcards on that booking two years ago and I never heard anything. <laughs> Um, give to give, not give to get. Right. Give to give. Yeah. Again, and, you know, do, do what you love, fall in love with what you're doing. So I, I think it really comes to that. And it's just a matter of embracing the gratitude of, you know, having the opportunity to be able to write postcards, having the opportunity to be able to, if you didn't have the, the privilege of having a car, you wouldn't have a ticket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Grateful. Being grateful. Yeah. And, and you know, in these times, I mean, we got a really, some strange and wonderful gifts in this pandemic. And that was a reset to re-evaluate our gratitude and what we're doing and what we love doing. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of awfulness that's come with this. Awful and tragedy. 
but it, but also a lot of wonderful some silver linings. There is some silver linings. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us today. Actors, I hope you enjoyed this. Stay out there, stay courteously aggressive, everybody. Believe in yourself, <laughs> believe in yourself and keep yeah. going for your dreams. Have a beautiful day. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.